morning, good afternoon, and good night, and welcome to the Amateur Otaku Podcast. This is Brandon Alvarado, the Scarlet Fan here, and I'm very excited to be back in the show to talk some awesome anime with all of you guys. Um, as always, I don't do this by myself. I'm always accompanied by great friends, but there's no other friend like man's best friend, Isaac Wolf. What is up, man? Oh! Wait. See, I appreciate the fact that you weren't insulted for me calling you man's best friend, and you just played along with it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's going good. Yes, a lot to do, a lot to do. I'm working on uh, three reviews at the same time, so there's a lot to do. That sounds like pure madness. I uh, recently uh, finished... Uh, and do you know Phoenix Wright? Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Ace Attorney, uh, right? Yeah, uh, I finished the first game in the prequel series of his uh, great ancestor, and now I'm playing Monster Hunter uh, uh, Stories. Uh, since that won the poll on the what's going on Not with that? that it's gonna... uh, what's going on with Monster Hunter? I'm uh, reviewing Monster Hunter Stories uh, Worlds of uh, Wings of Ruin also, and, uh, and after that, uh, Neo Genesis Neo World Sense with you. Nice. The sequel nice. to uh, Worlds with you. Yeah. Yeah, I actually have... I, I recently started a Gamefly subscription. So, like, I got a Super Mario game, and on my queue, I have The World Ends With You, because I really want to check it out on Switch, so... At some point, I'll be playing that game, and I will tell you all about it. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely, definitely, definitely excited to play the game after watching the awesome anime adaptation um, um, that they put out uh, during the beginning of the year. Which, by the way, if you guys go into our library, you'll see that we covered the entire show. So um, feel free to check it out and let us know what you think. Um, let us know if it's a faithful adaptation of the game, or if it's just a good anime adaptation um maybe isaac once we play the world ends with you i don't know if you've already played it but once we play it maybe we can get together and do like an analysis on comparison the uh, comparing the anime to the game once we've actually played it what do you think yeah yeah we can definitely do that and that sounds like a lot of fun but today it's not a video game adaptation it's the adaptation of a of a, of a very very popular manga by mm -hmm. Paru Itagaki, I think is his name. Let me see. I have his name pulled up somewhere. Where's his name? Yeah, Paru Itagaki. Um, we actually covered the first season when it came out out of nowhere um, on Netflix. And we really talked about how much we enjoyed the show because of its high-end animation or, or particular taste in animation, I would say, because it's very unique uh, on most animes. Um and that is Beastars. Um, it's uh, produced by Studio Orange. There's a little bit of collaboration with Kinema Citrus, or at least they do a lot of community. Orange does a lot of collaboration with Kinema Citrus, which if you don't remember, Isaac, Kinema Citrus brought us Made in Abyss. Yeah, and it's gonna uh, ha uh, Made in Abyss is going to get the second season next year. And it's funny because the second season is probably going to be the continuation after the movies that they made. Because, of course, in canon movies are the way to go. <laughs> and uh, 
uh, also it's finally getting its own game, which is just nice. That uh, that was an obvious choice. Yeah, we always talked about how it has like Zelda qualities. Remember? So now yeah. it's getting its own games. So that's pretty cool. But is it just me, or is it, or is it becoming a trend to to make in canon movie sequels as opposed to just serializing? Because now we have two big shows that are doing it. Like Made in Abyss put out like two different movies that are sequels of each other and continue the canon story. And now one of the most popular, if not the most popular anime movie in the world of 2020, of 2020 is an in-canon sequel movie, which is Mugen Train from Demon Slayer. Which we are covering next time, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And then, but of course, we cannot, we cannot leave out the first big anime that did the in-canon sequel, which was Dragon Ball. Because when Dragon Ball Z, when Dragon Ball Super Broly came out, I don't think people were expecting that to be in Ken. But it is. Yeah, I know. So, so at the end of the day, Dragon Ball did it first. <laughs> I think that's the point of this argument, damn it. All ball owes was a line for it, I suppose. Okay, you need to stop, you dirty scoundrel. <laughs> um, no balls, no, no balls for you to fetch. Um, yeah, that was a pun. It was horrible. I know, but um, but yeah, we're gonna talk about B stars. Um, we love this show. I really enjoyed the second season. There were some things that I wanted more of that I didn't get, but still, the season is pretty phenomenal. Um, so Isaac, it took us two years to get a second season. We finally seen it. Um, so we're going to start that conversation. Guys, this is your only, only spoiler warning. We are going to talk spoilers of season two of, of Beastars. Of Beastars. So we're not going to hold back. This is not a play-by-play episode where we're going to talk about every single episode of Beastars because as you know, Netflix doesn't do that. They just throw the whole season on there. So we binged it. So we're going to give you our binged response, which will include spoilers. Um, if you think that we should cover the Beastars manga, let us know, because I've always been intrigued in reading it. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk spoilers of it, and um, we're going to talk about the show. So Isaac, Beastars Season 2, um, was it what you were expecting was it very surprising? Um, give me your first reaction. I don't know if it is because uh, I'm a different person than I was yeah, two years ago, but the second season didn't connect with me that much, honestly. Okay. Uh, because because uh, how should I put it? I know what they tried to do. I can see the analysis of what they're trying to do with the whole... The continuing going with the whole race angle and using uh, uh, the uh, animals that eat meat uh, with animals that eat uh, 
uh, widgetable and all that jazz. As a analogy for it all, but it's just the way. It's just that I'm looking at it and and thinking just this is a great for what they are trying to accomplish. This is great, and this is uh, next to a phenomenal, uh, arguably better executed than the fir uh, first season. Yet it doesn't connect with me, and I don't know why. Um, I mean, I, I I would say that this season is more it has a lot of more stuff going on at the same time than the previous one. Like yeah. like the previous season was about a lot more streamlined, and literally Lego she was front and center, Rui was front and center, but they were all in the same place. And they were all like dealing with similar, not similar stuff, but like Legoshi was in definitely your main character. And it was all about him dealing with his predatory instincts against his emotional love and feelings towards Haru. And it was a more of a personal thing, which this one. I feel that what they were going or trying to do or what the story is doing is just broadening the world a lot more. It's just making the world bigger, like most sequels do. You know, like all they do yeah. is just make the world bigger and and tell you more about the politics and and all the interesting conversations that they're trying to have. Um, and they kind of like walked away from the whole Lego Chiharu thing, kind of. Like they 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 touch upon it. Because they have to, they have very cute and meaningful moments together, but they really don't make they they really don't go further. Like it's like the whole Haru Legoshi relationship is stuck to a degree after what happened in season one, and it's kind of on purpose because there's other stuff going on. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and 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 for a minute there, I I kind of missed because I kind of wanted to see where the relationship goes now after everything that happened in season one and you don't really get that but at the same time you kind of get into the whole underworld side of it you get more in depth than that like i think that Rui's Rui's um storyline in this in this season is phenomenal like i think the whole storyline and the whole idea of like a deer is the head of a lion mafia family. <laughs> like, that kind of thing is crazy. It is just nuts. And I think it's brilliant. Because you have a strong character like Rui. And, and I think the, the character that had the most development in this season was Rui. It wasn't really Legoshi. Like, this is Rui's season. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that um, I can absolutely agree with. And and I mean the biggest thing in Legoshi's Legoshi's storyline this season is that he spent time in the hyperbolic time chamber and at the end of the season he goes super sane. That's the only big thing that occurs this season that's amazing and cool because technically it's just a follow up of the whole Carnivore instincts battle that he's had from the beginning, you know. 
So I kind of, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of think that maybe the struggle that you had is because you did connect with Legoshi a lot last time, right? And and the fact that you really don't get something necessarily fresh or new this season, at least till the end, kind of didn't do it for you. Is that what it was? Maybe I don't. I don't know. Because I know that you, I if I could, if I remember correctly, you you connected with Legoshi quite a bit. I don't recall. Uh, it was so, uh, so long ago since we saw that <laughs> series that yeah. this season that I honestly can't re- recall what I said then. Yeah, exactly. And you, but you know what's interesting though? Like, like let's talk about the animation. The animation, of course, is still unique and brilliant. I think the animation of the show is what the Berserk movies wanted to be and just didn't get. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, no matter no matter what people say about those Berserk movies, they're not that great. You know that the animation kind of looks kind of funky. Like, it doesn't look that that um, refined. You know what I mean? Because the, the, the animation on Beastars, remind, it's still that same style. But there's, 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 there's a refinement to the animation in Beastars that makes it pop out in the best way. It's like... It kind of reminds me of the animation in Into the Spider-Verse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's... Where I wouldn't it's, say this. I wouldn't say that because th- that movie is extremely stylistic on its own. Right. Right, right. right. And But the thing is, not, I'm not saying it in the sense of it being um, the same. But in the terms that at moments... How drawn and CG animation blend. They blend in a way that you can't really tell what's what. Because it's it all it's all a fluid motion. You see what I'm saying? Like at times yeah. you can't tell what CG was drawn, and it's on purpose. And it's a perfect blend of those two styles. And the show is all the better for it. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. to me, the moments that you notice that it is CG. It's mostly when you get like fast-paced action moments, because you know that CG animation can be very sluggish. That's those are yeah. the moments that you kind of notice that on the show. Um, but almost everything else—conversations, movements, mannerisms—it's it's brilliant. It, it's 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 swift. It's delicate, and that's one of the things that I like about the show. And I think it's one of the best things the show has is the whole animation, um, which is pretty awesome. It's um, one of the best looking three, uh, if not the best three uh, D animated. Uh, yeah, uh, in terms of looks, yeah. that for sure. That that and that's why I bring the whole Berserk thing up, because Berserk tried to be this epic thing, but the animation just looks weak for the scale for the scale that they were going for. You know what I mean? It and it's just so tragic considering how beautiful the manga is. See, I haven't read the manga, but now you're saying that, and now I feel even worse. I feel bad the, that I had to bring Berserk back. <laughs> the manga, uh, I haven't kept track of it for uh, for a while, but if you look at it, it's the creator uh, was one of the kind when it comes to uh, his artistic standpoint. Nice, nice, very nice. Um. But yeah, so so definitely, I think going back to the to, to the themes, 
definitely Rui's identity crisis was the most interesting thing that happened in this season. You know, and, and him coming to terms towards the end. That Because it all starts with him trying to be more than what he is, right? He doesn't want to feel weak. He doesn't want to be weak. He wants to be stronger or he wants to have power or he wants to understand what power is. And I like how they use the idea of him being a herbivore and him being someone that doesn't eat meat as part of what's going on with not having power or agency, you know? Because yeah. the way things are structured, because he's a herbivore, because he's quote-unquote supposed to be prey, he's meant to be powerless. So the idea of exploring what power looks like or should look like or is through him being the, the head of this crime organization is interesting. Um, also, was I the only one that knew that he was going to eat meat at some point? Like, was I the only one? Like, you, you knew that was going to happen. It was pre uh, pretty obvious. Um, but, I liked, but I like the fact that it's treated in a normal fashion, in the sense that he gets sick. He doesn't bulk up. He doesn't get stronger. He does like, they don't, they don't fantasize it. You know what I mean? Like, they don't make it like he eats meat and he becomes, you know, like fucking Majin Vegeta or something. You know what I mean? Like, they treat it like it's supposed to be. I like how, even though this is a fantasy, fantasy setting, they, it stays still going for that grounded outlook. Um, a herbivore like him, his body cannot process meat. He cannot gather nutrients out of that. He ends up throwing everything, throwing everything out, and he lives on energy drinks, which is very teenager, of course, <laughs> because most teenagers nowadays live off energy drinks. Um, but I like how sincere it is to to the nature aspect of the show, and I like how I like. I like how I like Rue's story, man. I, I I just can't say more. It's just so great. I mean, I think also the character of Ibuki, what a great character. Um I like that character a lot. And I liked his conversations with Rui as well. Um, what'd you think of Ibuki in season two? Uh, it I don't know what uh, what more to say than what you said. If I'm being honest, it's, I mean, did you remember who okay. Ibuki? You remember who Ibuki was, right? I do think so. Yeah, that's the um, that's his that's Rui's right hand man, the lion with the glasses. Yeah, yeah, he again. Yeah, that was a good uh, character. Yeah, and I and I like how I I like how he's like this father quantum figure. But at the end of the day, he's a lion. But at the same time, I like Paru's imagination because the way he handles the concept of friendship among carnivores and herbivores is very interesting. And I think that's the biggest theme of this season is the idea of friendship and how friendship between different species like this can look like because you Which have the whole is, uh, thing. Go ahead. 
which is uh, uh, which is why I'm t- uh, mentioned the whole uh, going in back again to the whole racist uh, uh, racist uh, racism angle. Yes. Well, well, that's the thing, though. The interesting thing to me is that they're not using that angle anymore as of right now. Now they kind of left that angle behind and now they're focusing on the animal thing and he's using his imagination to explore friendship from the animal aspect because you have the whole Tem and Riz thing, right? We find out who killed Tem. We found out that it was Riz. We found out that he felt that that Tem was his friend and the way that he consummated his friendship was by eating the guy, which is like fucked up. You know what I mean? Um, but it's like, it's all about how different people have different ideas of friendship. You know, like some people use other people. Some people take care of other people. Some people only, only have a friend because it's mutually beneficial for both of them. You know what I mean? Um, you have that, you have the whole thing with, um, Legoshi and his best friend, the the dog, and how he feels that he's losing his friend because Legoshi's evolving, right? Um, you have the whole thing with Rui and Legoshi, which, by the way, in the beginning, I would say that Haru and Legoshi was my favorite relationship, but I am team Rui and Legoshi now. <laughs> like, like, the way this bond has expanded from like a somewhat rivalry to to true respectful friendship but then the only thing that allows this friendship to be victorious in the end is that legoshi has to eat part of rui which is like what the fuck <laughs> like like <laughs> that's can i can agree i'm just wait what the hell i know it's crazy but think about it this way I mean, in a world like this, most of the things that happen, apart from the fact them being raw and animalistic and whatever, it's also a metaphor. You know what I mean? Like, it makes me think about the fact that whether I think what he's trying to say with the eating or whatever is that the only way that you can be really, the only way you can come close to someone or really or really become friends with someone is you have to be willing to be vulnerable with that person. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you have to be willing to give yourself or a part of yourself for that person, especially if you're trying to be close with that person. And, and I think it's the kind of a metaphor of sometimes being the best of friends to someone will hurt you back. And that's kind of what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like sometimes being the best friend you can be means that you're going to end up hurt, you know? And, but you got, but when your friend gets better, it's worth getting hurt. But of course, because they're a carnivore and a herbivore, this is the physical way they can do that. Because the fact that Legoshi just ate Rui's leg, because think about it. Yes, from one side, Legoshi ate it. He became Super Saiyan. He beat Riz or whatever, right? And that's it, right? 
But then from the other side, oh my God, Legochi ate Rui's leg. But then the other side of it is Legochi helped Rui walk away from his past by eating the oh. leg with the stamp. Yeah, it's all oh, kind of. I mean, like, it's a kind yeah, of like, symbolic, you mean? Well, it was physical. He actually hit his leg. But that, but if you yeah. notice, the, the leg that he ate was the leg that was stamped and that was stamped like food. You know what I mean? So now. I didn't think about that. Uh, no, yeah, so now Rui no longer. Yeah, Rui no longer now feels that he's the worst or that he was destined to be food. He doesn't feel that anyway anymore because the leg that symbolized that is gone. So whatever portion he needed to dis, to the, to completely move along, to completely evolve, to completely grow in the direction that the show was taking Rui, he needed to completely um, break his ties with the black market. But remember, he was purchased originally because he was originally meant to be food, but he was purchased by this other deer guy, which we're going to call him Papa Deer. You know what? I'm going to call him Bambi. Oh, dear. We're going to call him Bambi. Oh, dear. Damn it, Isaac. <laughs> um, actually, that was brilliant. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but now he, he no longer has that leg. And because you got to think about it. Yes, Legoshi ate his leg, right? But they both sacrificed part of themselves so that they can both come, come along. So they both did a transaction. So Legoshi went against what he believed in to protect his friend and protect the school. But also, but then Rui gave himself as food, which is what he never wanted to be. But to be able to move a, move move forward, because that leg was holding him back. So it's all like symbolic and metaphor and whatever, and it's very brilliantly um, portrayed. But and, and I think what makes the moment work is that we don't see like she eat the leg. We just know that it happened. So they didn't make it like a gorish thing, like when when Riz ate Tem, that you saw him devouring him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they didn't make it graphic. They made it like these two which people. I do, I do, which I did appreciate. Yes. They, they, which I did appreciate. I can't, I can't admit that. Yeah, because it, it kind of, <clears throat> because it, it allows Legoshi to be that carnivore for a minute, but he doesn't stop being the Legoshi that we've been rooting for. You know what I mean? They don't yeah. destroy his image, which is what I liked. Also, the whole thing about the saying Legoshi eating a leg, yes, make that. Uh, uh, Stop. There any, uh, Stop. <laughs> uh, I can't find any puns that have any leg in this race. Stop. That is so bad. <laughs> yeah, that I is know. so bad. I mean... That would make sense if you can if if saying legs in, in Japanese has an L E yeah. like Legoshi, which it doesn't. Yeah, but just yeah, but like I said, le, uh, Legoshi eating leg. I just 
Damn it, Isaac. Oh, no. This needs to stop. That's just in, just incept, uh, inception. That's just crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the show that's really good. I mean, I like it because it's very imaginative. Um, and the way they treat these relationships. Um, I, and I also like how because this is the animal kingdom or whatever, right? There's no real monsters. It's just misinterpretations of the animals that exist. Like the whole thing in the beginning of the show where it feels like there's a monster lurking in that room and it kind of plays off in the season. And then you find out that it's an anaconda, but not just any anaconda. It's the freaking school security guard. <laughs> like, yeah. what? Like, what? I don't, what? <laughs> I, I found that to be funny. I kind of found, I kind of found that he was going to play a bigger role in the show, but he kind of doesn't. He's just like there, and that's it. And I am terrified about uh, of snakes. So, ugh. really, yeah. Indiana Isaac. Um, Maybe that's one of the reasons that I don't like season two as much. Probably because of that big anaconda. Hey, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. Um. Do you feel like me? Do you feel that um, talking about Legoshi Haru's relationship? Do you feel that it didn't really go anywhere? Do you feel? Um, how do you, how do you feel? Do you, do you feel that it went somewhere this season? No, maybe uh, they are going back to it in season three. If that's gonna happen, I mean, I am gonna say, I, I, I I'm not entirely. Is there a Is there a conversation? Uh, trying to see now i'm gonna say this i, I google it and google it yeah yeah i'm doing it right now i don't think no there's no official it's not official yet as you know this is not like a netflix original original so it all depends on whether or not Studio Orange is going to make another one. But, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they do it because, because as you know, Beastars is pretty popular. So, so yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually do it. So, I mean, and worse, uh, I mean, if it uh, gets uh, more than used first, uh, that like then it's a success. Yeah. So let's see what happened. Let's see what happened, man. Um, now I was gonna say something. And I forgot. Um, I mean, and they make another season. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna enjoy it. I mean, this show has been pretty, pretty awesome, and I've enjoyed every little bit of it. Every little bit of it, especially the the part where we cut the other guy's balls because the old guy wants to have sex with his wife. That was pretty brilliant. Um, <laughs> oh my, kinda, you called me Arthur. Yes, yes. That was kind of crazy and funny. Um, but yeah, I want to see more. I want to see more. I want to see where the horror thing goes. Um, I, oh, I remember what I was going to say. I do find it kind of crazy that we're already in that Shonen 
anime portion where the student leaves the school. Like, like we're already there. <laughs> like, 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 well, she's not going back. And I'm like, come on, bro. I mean, I'm okay that they are doing that. That being said, I kind of don't want them to because a lot of the best scenes and the best it's interactions in that I've yeah. But that being said, Lego, she didn't really spend that much time in school this season. So, I mean, hopefully they'll make up with other portions as we don't see him going back to school, you know. But what is it with shonen shows that have to do with school kids end up with the kids just fucking leaving the school? Like, what's the <laughs> – I don't get it. I don't get it. Maybe it's because uh, the whole thing of uh, when you are in the, that age, you need to fi- find yourself, and uh, sometimes the school doesn't go uh, as you planned, and you will go away for a while, and uh, then uh, when you realize you that, you know, maybe you, you kind of need to uh, do some more yeah. studies on something. Yeah, maybe, probably. Uh, I, uh, sure, may, uh, it's not like that for everyone, but that's that's uh, to some extent how, how I can see it because we all, uh, I think we all can say that we ha- uh, had a moment that do I really, yeah. uh, was this uh, really the best choice for me when we uh, yeah. took on an assignment or something? What, what I do, I, if there's one thing that that I don't that I don't care for in the show is the fact that I still feel even though there's kind of like half an episode that they talked about this in the previous season still to this point I don't think I completely grasp how important the role of a B star is you know what I mean how do you like, mean yeah like like the whole thing like they had Rui and Rui was going to be the next B-star and how that is like an emblem of hope for the entire nation. But they belong to this one school. You know what I mean? And like, 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 it, like if it has political significance or, or communal significance, like, like we haven't really, like, for example, we haven't met someone that was a B-star. You know what I mean? Like, what does that mean? What does that matter? What should we, uh, what does uh, meet uh, B stars in the third season if it happens and it's uh, for whatever reason a human out of nowhere? That would be great. Bro, if they do that, I'm going to be so mad. I'm going to be so mad. And suddenly, I mean, and suddenly there's a virus where everyone's becoming human. I'll be so mad. Uh, Can you stop ruining says the that show, it, Isaac? Nothing. I mean, we have just been a condensed area in season one and season two. True. Who True. knows what the True. world is uh, out, outside of uh, that condensed area? True. That's true. That is very true. That is very, very true. Ah, oh, buddy. Well, but then again, it's it's done good to me so far. Um. To me, I was I, I'm, I'm not gonna say that the season one was better because I think season two, to a degree, was a lot more different. 
So, and they're tackling different things, which is why I kind of feel that it stands pretty well on its own. Um, because to say the least, it's not like it lost any of the charm and any of the good storytelling that it had going for it. You know what I mean? It's not like <clears throat> One Punch Man season two, where it just went down the drain. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I wouldn't say One Punch Man season two is bad, but it's clearly a it's it's a step down. Yeah, is it, that's for it, sure. and and that's what I mean. Like season two of B Stars is not a step down from season one. It's just very different because the story just goes somewhere else. Um, you kind of want it to be an actual sequelization of that's not even a word, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> You kind of want it to be a nice sequel thing, a direct sequel to everything that happened in season one, but it still feels like an organic progression of where everyone was when season one ended. So I like it. Would you recommend Beastar season two to anybody, Isaac? Yeah. If you like season one, I would recommend checking it out. But yeah. for those that doesn't have seen Beastar, I would say a maybe because... Unlike, let's say, for example, Dragon Ball, uh, Naruto, what have we covered more on this show? Yes, going to double check here. My hero. As a, as a, my hero. Oh, Demon Slayer. And Demon Slayer. Fuck season two. <laughs> or... Uh, <laughs> Or, uh, or to some extent, uh, uh, what's it called? Trigon and the Disastrous Life of Psyche K. Mm -hmm. uh, this series, while not bad by any stretch of the imagination, is a very required case. Yes. It's not, it's yes. nothing, uh, not, it's definitely, uh, not something I would recommend for everyone. Yes. It's a very required taste. Yes. It's like you have to be able to get past the weirdness that they're all animals. So like you gotta be you gotta be able to look past that to then enjoy it. So I, I'm gonna agree with you, Isaac. It's it's true. It's like there's there's probably gonna be people that can't get can't look beyond the fact. Who they're, what characters are looking at? You know what I mean? Because yeah. they'll probably stay stuck to see the beast as opposed to looking at the characters, which is kind of like what this show wants you to do. They, they, he, they, like to a degree, they want you to know. They, like Paru Itagaki, kind of wants you to forget that they're animals until they have to be talked to, talked about like animals. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and that's what makes it. I think brilliant, but I have to agree with you. I don't think everybody would necessarily understand that or appreciate that. Um, so it is an acquired taste. That's a good call, man. Very good call. It's, it's like fully, it's like fully coolie. If you can look past the madness, you'll I get. I would that say, I would honestly say that uh, that's fully coolie is less of a acquired taste than what B-Stars is because it's such a stylistic show, uh, show 
in terms of uh, in uh, terms of its storytelling, art design, and all that jazz. Yeah, Fully Cooley is just insane. But remember, the whole thing about Fully Cooley also is, if you can look beyond the crazy and the insane, that's where you start seeing how smart it is. You know what I mean? That's I mean, start, like that, yeah. That's when you start seeing how deep the storytelling is. Like, it's not, it's not really a show that is just about how crazy it is. That's just how right. it looks on the that's, that's all. That's how it looks in the beginning. But if you take the time to look deeper, that's when you go like, oh, shit, this is a really smart show. You know, and, and, and it's kind of like that. So, so Beastars kind of has that layer that you have to you have to peel it like an onion, Isaac. Good point. Good point. Hashtag the onion peelers. Lunchtime. Um, wow. That's so bad. Um, but yeah, guys, those are our thoughts on season two of Beastars. Um, hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you enjoyed what we had to say about it. Hope that you guys want to go check it out. And if you have seen Star season two and enjoy it, let us know what you think about it. I mean, we think the show is great and we can't wait for season three to be confirmed and announced by Studio Orange. Sadly, based on the turnaround time, if Studio Orange is making a third season, we probably won't see Beastars season three till 2023. But this is the kind of show that I'm good waiting till we get the next one because it was actually so good. So, Isaac, let's go ahead and wrap up. Say bye-bye. Yeah. Where can people find you on the webs, my brother? Well, you can find me over at Emblemaniac on Twitter. And you can find uh, our pod over at Damature uh, Otaku Pod over at Twitter. And you can find my work over at Globum Entertainment where... I'm currently working on a review for, the, like I said before, The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, uh, Monster Hunter Stories uh, to Wings of Ruin, and uh, Neo the World Ends with You. And maybe I may be doing a movie review on Friday. I, I don't know. Nice, nice, nice. Um, you can find me at the Scarlet Fan 52 on Twitter and at the Scarlet Fan 52 on Instagram. I'll see you guys in the webs. We will see you next time with more anime goodness. Make sure to follow the channel on YouTube. Um, we do, we're we covering My Hero Academia. We've done videos in the world since with you. We've put up multiple different things on manga and other shows. We're doing a coverage of the game because we're trying new stuff to see what you guys like. Um, but the amateur talk is growing. We have great people working with us talking anime because anime is one of the best mediums of show out there that we want to make sure that everybody has a chance to know, find out, figure out, see, and enjoy with us. So let us know what you think about Star Season 2. Let us know what you think about Star Season 1. And let us know if there's any specific anime that you want us to cover in a future episode. Coming soon, we're going to talk about Demon Slayer Mugen Train. Um, Isaac finally got access to the movie, so we're going to watch it. Um, Yet we still don't have access to Heroes Rising. I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it either. I, I, don't, tr I don't control the life. Um, that was weird. Uh, we're still going to keep covering Promised Neverland manga. we got a lot of great stuff coming for you guys. And we will see you soon. Have it awesome, guys. Peace. Peace. Peace.